Welcome to the Half Company Podcast, a podcast that bridges the gap between artists and their community. I'm grateful to share conversations with Half Company artists and residents, friends, and a little bit of my own thoughts on creating work and finding balance. I'd like to thank this episode's sponsor, Lisa Mattress, a company that not only makes affordable and comfortable mattresses that ship in a box straight to your door, but also a company that donates a mattress for every 10 that they sell. Lisa donates custom-made mattresses to 501c3 nonprofit organizations that serve homeless and at-risk men, women, and children at every stage of their transition to better lives. You can follow them on Instagram at lisasleep and grab a mattress for your own home online at lisa.com. Welcome to the second to last episode of the Half Company podcast. I interview Alicia and Carolina of Pineywood Atlas, a project that documents non-traditional artist residencies across America. If you have been considering taking time out of your normal life to invest in your practice, this is a great episode for you. Welcome to the Half Company Podcast. We're um, hanging out in Bolinas, California. This is Marley, and I'm here with Alicia and Carolina of the Pineywood Atlas. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I, I feel, like, so personally excited only because um, Pineywood Atlas is this catalog of small, emerging, and unconventional artist residencies. And as someone who used to run a small, emerging, unconventional artist residency in Grand Rapids, Michigan, I just, I'm like, I'm like a fangirl to what you guys are doing. It's it's really incredible. And so it exists as both a physical catalog and a website. Yeah, I feel like I just want to like jump. I feel like I have so many. I just like want to hear about all the residencies. <laughs> I get like so excited. But um, let's start with maybe why why artist residencies mm-hmm. and why why they felt important to like document in this way. Um, I... So when I first graduated, I applied to this artist residency I found on a database of artist residencies called Elsewhere Studios in Paonia, Colorado. And and I felt it was really important to go see somewhere new and have a space where I can just focus on my work. And so that's the thing that I did when I first graduated, and that's where me and Alicia met. And I found it, I was living in New York, and... A few of my friends had just gone to this residency, and um, I felt like I needed a change, so I applied through word of mouth for a cancellation, <laughs> and there was this weird uh, scheduling mishap where they told me to come in June, even though I was scheduled for August, and so I just kind of dropped everything in my life and went to this residency, and <laughs> we ended up being a little bit overcrowded, but it was the best mistake ever because we met, and um, we just changed our lives changed for the better. It was like this big crossroads in our life. Yeah. And we realized the importance of artist residencies and we want other people to have that kind of opportunity as well. And you don't have to get into a big fancy one. There are all of these small places that are Mm -hmm. really excited to be able to grow with you. Yeah. This one in Paonia was just so special because of the community we met there. It's a small mountain town in the western slope of Colorado and the population is like 1,500. And for such a small place, there were so many things happening Mm -hmm. and so many inspiring people. Mm -hmm. And 
like Alicia said, it really changed our lives. I was living in San Francisco at the time, mm-hmm. and Alicia was still living in New York, um, and she moved back with me for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> and what are your, just, I'm interested, and I'm sure people are interested, what are your individual mediums of art making? Alicia, do you want to? Yeah, sir. Um, so when we... I guess in college I majored in mixed media because I just wanted to learn every process. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> nice. kind of a Jane of all trades, uh-huh. I guess. Um, but definitely focusing on drawing um, pen and ink or pencil, kind of black and white, no color. Um, do a lot of natural stuff like rocks and oceans and um, things that have that show visually time passing. Mm. I do a couple of things as well. I draw, paint murals, um, do crafts. A lot of my work has been... <laughs> Sorry, I just sneezed on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think I've ever sneezed on the podcast. It was a small sneeze. Okay, keep going. Um, a lot of my work is influenced by growing up in Florida and the weird tourism mm. and f- fictional fabricated spaces that happen <laughs> in tourist spots. So, oh, but, uh, I also carve spoons. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Um. <laughs> it's funny because that's like the main thing I know that yeah. you do and I was like weird I wonder why she didn't tell us she carved spoons well, I think it was more of a craft thing than sure. a, it's an art but but right now I've been focusing on Piney so much like Piney is my art yeah I just um the episode that came out before this one is with this woman Faith Levine who's an organizer and someone I met through, she wrote this book years ago called Handmade Nation, the rise of like DIY craft mm-hmm. in America. And it was a documentary. And we talked a lot about, um, about like, what is your work in this world beyond your physical medium or like your art medium that you make? I just did quotes in the air. Um, and so, yeah, I'd love for you guys to talk about like what, cause really I, I'm the book is beautiful. Great work. Um, the first, the first of it's, it's divided by region, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there will be other ones that come out. Correct. Yeah. How sure. many total will, will there be? Probably five. 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 Yeah. Okay. Cool. There are some certain areas that are hard to get to that will be their own, like Hawaii and Alaska. Okay. Yeah. Like, what are we cool. going to do? How, cool. well, okay. I haven't figured that out yet. Cool. So <laughs> let's talk about the creation of the first catalog and both tell us a little bit about what's in it and where you went because part of this is like you get to go on these incredible trips you're like planning these trips for yourself which is awesome you're kind of almost on your own residency by seeing them and but yeah I I'm kind of tying in this to what I talked with Faith about because I feel in my own work when people are like what do you do I'm like oh and I'm always learning that skill of talking about what I do because i like you said, Pineywood Atlas is its own art project mm-hmm. about art projects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit about the creation of the of the physical catalog, maybe just starting with the trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so last year we went on our first trip. During the summer we went, um, we started in Oakland and went up to Oregon, Washington, Canada, and then back down and visited 13 spaces. And... Yeah, I like how you say that it becomes a residency space because mm-hmm. it is. We learn so much and mm-hmm. we meet so many new people. It's like we made a month-long road trip residency for ourselves. Um, 
And then, I guess, once Where'd get... you go? Oh. Tell well... us about something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, I don't know which ones to pick. Mm, Pulga. Pulga is cool. Yeah. That was our first stop. Cool. And it's, um, it's a small town that was a booming railroad town, and then it had a bust when the passenger railroad stopped happening, and it became just freight. And uh, it's in the foothills in California, and um, it's just a bunch of artists. There's one girl who owns the town. She bought it, and um, it's What's just... your name? Betsy. 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 Cool. <laughs> and um, it's just a bunch of people who live there and work on the land, and now they mm-hmm. have... They're open for um, kind of Airbnb-style mm-hmm. stays, but also they have art and research residencies cool. and a couple of spaces you can live so one's a writing cabin and it's you just have like oil lamps and um, cool wood stoves mm-hmm. and then the other one is by this creek and it's just a really beautiful place but they were just starting when we started our trip so it was a really fitting first yeah. stop it was great because we found out about that one pretty last minute and something else didn't work out and it was great visit it when people are okay so so then you you have all this information what's the compiling of the book process like that was a learning process yeah because this is the first time we've um ventured into making something like this which is a it's a social practice project you're going Mm -hmm. and you're seeing people's faces and you're talking to people sharing meals with them so then at the end of the trip we had all these sound recordings from interviews and um, photographs, we had writings, we had drawings, and and we kind of divided the residencies between the two. Okay, you do this one and I do that one, mm-hmm. and we'd listen to the interviews, we would transcribe it, and we would look between our writings and then also compile that and uh, write a profile about them, as well as translating some of the photographs into illustrations to make it more... Um, hands-on like mm-hmm. we really spent our time with it um. uh, I don't know I forget what you asked what's the <laughs> process what's the process been like of, ma- of making the actual uh, book right so then after we have all that compiled then we thought about order and we made mm-hmm. little icons that said um, you know this residency is free or this residency is rural mm-hmm. um, and then we made a book through blurb um, which is print on demand mm-hmm. self publishing mm-hmm. because we it was our first one we mm-hmm. we just want to have full control over the process mm-hmm. yeah. um, and it turned out pretty pretty good it's really fast turnaround so cool yeah what do you feel like so you just you just use two words free and rural and I think people you know who are new to the world of artist residencies and something Alicia that you mentioned at the beginning was like it doesn't have to be big or fancy you know there's um, when I started have companies, artist residency, I, nods was a huge inspiration to me. This mm-hmm. website, that's the network of domestic spaces. And it's all, you know, the hammock residency was like the first thing I remember reading about. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this woman started a residency and it's just like, you just stay in her hammock. Mm-hmm. Like incredible. Like, and I, I remember there's like a little flyer that goes with nods or it's like, what you need to start an artist residency. It's like a bed, a desk, and a drawer or something. It's like, you know, really simple. But again, you know, you just, you said free, you said rural, and it sounds like, you know, there's 
so many different layers of like some you pay for, some you get paid for, some are free. What do you feel like? Do you feel like there's a certain system that you guys have been drawn to more than others that you feel like are your favorites? Um, yeah, t- talk to me a little bit about the the many differences and maybe some of the pros and cons of both sides of that. Yeah. Um, so we visited all different, like every residency is so different and there's so many good ways to make a residency. So the, some of the ones that charge you money, they have a lot of resources for you or mm. a really nice space and maybe they're renting it and they just can't afford for it to be free and they're working towards that. But we have several spaces that charge money but they're just like the sweetest people ever mm-hmm. and and it's minimal money it's yeah. just what they need to actually pay the utilities mm-hmm. yeah um and then some of them have stipends they're really lucky and they have some sort of funding or mm-hmm. grant and they're able to either pay you for teaching or um for your, your materials and then a lot of them, you just kind of come out even, um, and but really anything, I don't know. I think part of our process, too, of finding them is, of course, there are those really established residencies that they may not even cost money. They may be free, and they mm-hmm. might pay you something, but um, it's a little less interesting to us than the emerging, more eclectic ones that are harder mm-hmm. to find, because... We're also really interested in not only how um, the residency works, but who the facilitators are mm-hmm. and why they started it. Um, it. Yeah, it's also a guide. It's not just connecting artists with residencies. It's also kind of a guide for people who might want to start their own residency, how to yeah. how they can do that. And like what you were saying about just having a mm-hmm. bed and a desk and the way mm-hmm. that Heidi... We visited Heidi from uh, Hammock Residency cool. on our trip. And um, it's just... And it's, it's kind of like another place we visited in Portland, mm-hmm. um, residency in the garden that just, they built a wood frame with canvas tent in their backyard and put a bed and a desk and some books and tea and a tape player in it. And they're like, come and yeah. make stuff and hang out in our backyard. Yeah, pretty much as soon as you add a tape player to your residency. <laughs> yeah, it's... they had curated tapes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they have a, yeah. I think that was something that Mary did with her bunk bed upper bunk residency was you got a curated mixtape once you start yeah then you have that freedom you're like oh wait I don't need to be this organization and I don't need to have these crazy grounds and this studio space oh I can just make something from what I have and that's what's really interesting to us is finding those kind of spaces I think I just kind of want to like keep hearing about other ones (laughs) especially because I think Yeah, they're, like, these little secret... They're not secret. I mean, many of them are, like, public, but obviously. But there's always little nuances amongst each one that I think are really special. And even just I love hearing about, like, the curated tapes. Do you feel like there's other little things that's maybe stuck out to you about certain places where you're like, wow, this is, like, part of what makes this so special? Because, again, anybody can just, like, rent themselves a room and go write for a week. And we've been talking a little bit about... What is the difference between a retreat and a residency? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, maybe share like more of those little things that make certain ones feel special or really supportive of the creative process. Yeah, and first I just want to say that we visit we visited 
30 residencies at this point. Yeah. So we're not going to be able to mention all no, of them, yeah, but yeah, they're yeah, all yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Um, let's see. Well, we just went on our second trip. Our first trip was the Northwest, and our second trip is, was the Southwest. We visited 16 residencies, so we can mention some of those, too. Mm-hmm. It was, we just got back yesterday. Two nice. days ago. Yes. Two days ago. <laughs> Two, days ago? Days, awesome. Two days ago. And that one was longer than our first trip. The Northwest one was three weeks. This one was full month. And oh. we covered Southern California, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, and Nevada. Yeah. So we covered a lot of ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think um, two residencies that we visited almost back-to-back, not quite, that were really different, mm. but offer artists things that they really need depending on who they are, um, were Epicenter in Green River, mm-hmm. Utah, and Montello Foundation in northern Nevada. And so Montello is basically as secluded as you could get. Mm-hmm. It's on a dirt mm-hmm. road 15 miles, I think, away from any other house. And you're just out in the middle of these sagebrush valleys and there are mountains in the distance and you just watch the grass and it's this beautiful house that runs on propane and they have a composting toilet but it's like there's a really big studio room and then a living space that's separate and you're just totally alone for two weeks Mm -hmm. um so there's that and then on the other hand there's epicenter which is basically completely centered around working with the community. Mm. Um, you work as a, it's called a frontier fellowship, and you work with Epicenter, which is a um, a design center that works with rural communities, specifically Green River. They do architecture and graphic design and projects and a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And so when you go, you're there for a month, and you basically have an intro into the community. And then you have to make something, not necessarily with them, but with them in mind, working with people. Mm -hmm. So then do some residencies require something from you and some don't? Yeah. Some, that's a question that we would ask the facilitators a lot is what do you expect the artist to contribute Mm -hmm. while you're here? Mm -hmm. And so ones that are in a town where... Um, the residency is pretty embedded into the community, then you're expected to offer one workshop or have an open studio night, um, maybe have a show at the end of your residency. Mm. And then other ones like Montello, you know, no one's going to be there while you're there. And you could just sit around and think all day if you wanted mm-hmm. to. And no one's going to be there to tell you to work on anything. Right. Um, and maybe there's, you know, publication afterwards where you talk about what you've learned during your time there, but it's pretty minimal in comparison to other ones. We went to one in Kingman, Arizona, uh, this residency called Kingman Art Hub. And and that's a space where uh, this person in the community who's a contractor and who's done a lot of real estate in the community wanted to give back to it in a way and wasn't really sure how to. So his son offered the idea of an artist residency and that he would facilitate it mm. and then his father would just um, have the space and well, build the space. Um, yeah, so they built it out to look really nice. Yeah, <laughs> and it's in the downtown area and it has this big open studio um, right in the main street with these big windows. And so he just asked artists to be in their studios with 
the door open for people in the community to come in so that he asks like four hours a day mm-hmm. um and so that's another residency that like asks but it's a totally free residency mm-hmm. you don't have to pay anything to be there so four hours a day to be in your studio working and people come and ask you questions like i think they're about two or three people there in residence at a time and then the now facilitator also has her studio space down there so mm-hmm. it's kind of mm-hmm. a a hub if you will mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's another thing is that some residencies you have like many people and then some you do alone what do you feel like are some of the differences of like the vibe of when you go to a place and you're like whoa there's a bunch of people do you feel like people end up working together or they're kind of like solo what does that kind of interaction generally look like I think that it can be it just depends on who's there mm-hmm. like when we met, you know, we came back the next year and did another residency at the same space, okay. but came as collaborators. Cool. Um, but then we've heard from people in the community there that uh, sometimes they won't meet any of the residents and the residents just kind of keep to themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think I've heard, I remember one artist friend telling us about a place where she wanted to be, she wanted to be close with some of the artists, mm-hmm. but nobody else really seemed to want to. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and there was another residency we didn't visit, but this woman was telling us about it that she went to where, um, I don't know what it's called, it's in Southern California, and every, I think there are four or five artists there at a time, and everyone has a mailbox, mm. and you can't interact unless you get, an, unless you invite the person to interact with you through mm-hmm. leaving them a note in their mailbox. Whoa. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's cool when you have the choose your own adventure sure structure of a residency (laughs) where there are other people there because I think that's for me what's beneficial about residencies is not being completely alone and working it's like oh I get to meet all these new people and I learn all these new things from the community there um but it doesn't force you to because there are some that like will have communal dinners or they will have you know mandatory field trips and that's really cool but if if you're still around people and you guys can kind of choose whether or not you're going to be uh, social or not. And I guess if you don't even want to have that choice, then you can go to a residency that doesn't have anyone else there. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to think about it. Like in Mentello, you're like, I don't have to worry about anyone coming up. Yeah. yeah. Did you um go... Have any of the residencies you visited been in people's houses? Yeah. Like a person that lived there? Yes. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, we visited uh, Chip Thomas, who, aka Jet Sonorama, who lives on um, the Navajo Reservation in Arizona, mm-hmm. and he's a doctor there, and so he has a house um, with a spare room, and he invites, he's also a photographer who does wheat pasting mm-hmm. um, of his works blown up really huge, and he invites other street artists to come from all over the world to do murals in in the reservation mm-hmm. so it's working with the community but um yeah he just hosts people in his house mm-hmm. we went there we made dinner with him drank some tea explored a little bit mm-hmm. yeah it's fun and then there was another woman we were talking with who wants to start a residency in her house and she's trying to navigate um the logistics of that yeah inviting people into her home and 
um, insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being able to take artists on field trips. And her residency idea was really cool because um, it was very educational. And they would go on these field trips with um, where they would learn about the land and how to be stewards of the land. Cool. So we're interested in keeping up with her and seeing what she has planned for her space. Nice. What do you feel like on your trip that you took was maybe, this maybe feels a little separate from Pineywood Atlas, the catalog and research, but I'm interested in like what the trip was like and what was like hard about it, just being gone for a month and, mm-hmm. and you know, being in this like deep research and what was the best part of it? <laughs> well, we travel really well together. Yeah. Nice. That's part of why we decided to make the project this format mm-hmm. yeah um we took a couple shorter road trips before when we were coming back to and from Colorado mm-hmm. um and we're just able to yeah we always make the same decisions about camping or you know somewhere mm-hmm. seems sketchy yeah not wanting to spend much on food but mm-hmm. sometimes splurging mm-hmm. you know, going to a brewery and having a beer mm-hmm. um we just really line up a lot like that I think a kind of funny thing was that we both have partners Mm -hmm. and kind of coming home and I was like, wait, I have a boyfriend. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) We get kind of just like hermity, but together. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The traveling can be exhausting just because you are from one day to the next. Like, you know, we jumped through three different states in one day and um, we're meeting a lot of people. So that can you know, sap some energy out, but then when you go to a new space and the facilitators are just, like, rushing over to you to welcome you, mm-hmm. and they're like, we have some food, here's a beard, you want some mm-hmm. tea, like, let's get you settled in, mm-hmm. and it's just, then you get re-energized again, like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, every space is so different and everyone's really cool, mm-hmm. um, and I think that what was so great about this trip in particular was there were so many rural places, mm-hmm. and it was really great to be in those spaces mm-hmm. for that long. Mm-hmm. Just be in the desert with mm-hmm. the open skies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both realized that we don't need a city to feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And, like, we have a, um, you know, a busy and... I don't know, there's a word I'm forgetting. But a life that mm-hmm. is fulfilling, yeah. Well, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Because early, just earlier in our day... You were talking about that you feel like you've met a lot of artists who choose to either live and or do residencies in rural places, but mm-hmm. sort of find ways to go about in cities later. And as we're sitting here in this rural coastal mm-hmm. part of California, mm-hmm. and I'm like, have decided to make that transition myself, I think I'm definitely interested in like, what does it mean to choose this sort of slower paced area to live in? with access still to either traveling or driving an hour to the city mm-hmm. so yeah tell me a little bit about what it what where who you met and what systems they've kind of set up for themselves to be able to do both mm-hmm. but we were just talking about with sarah Lilligard, mm-hmm. past have company resident yeah that's right uh, yeah, we believe do. episode three of the have company <laughs> podcast if you want to go back 50 three episodes. Wow. <laughs> oh, I listened to all those. <laughs> she, so, um, we stayed with her last night. She lives in Reno and we were talking about how, um, 
sometimes if you live in a space of maybe it's an urban space or just a space with a lot of people who are similar to you, you don't feel as driven to do the accomplish what you want to. Mm. And how if you're in a space with less of that, it becomes more like, well, if anyone's going to do it, then you have to do it. And yeah. so that, and then also just some of the people we met who have their huge studio spaces or their beautiful houses mm-hmm. or they feel more free to be able to build whatever they want. Yeah. Um, and then for work, they can travel around and either speak somewhere or mm-hmm. um, have an art show somewhere else and get that city fix. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking in particular Paul Wilson, who we met, who um, residencies in this town called Carrizozo, New Mexico, and the residencies Carrizozo Art Colony. And she is a badass artist who goes and, you know, teaches at these major universities, has talks, um, goes to all these major artist residencies as well, but is able to live in this really small rural town in New Mexico where property is so easy to attain. They were Mm -hmm. joking that it's hard not to end up getting property there. Right. Like, they have um, this big studio, her and her partner, have this big studio space that she does all her paintings in. And with that property, they had to also get this rundown old adobe theater um, (laughs) (laughs) on one side. And then on the other side, an old hotel that is totally falling apart, and they just made it a home for their pigeons. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, wow. So you just <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah. So they're using that space, and um, and then they have their whole home. Yeah. Area. Then they have their home where they've been able to build so much into it. Um, Mike Lag, who's her partner, is mm-hmm. this incredible woodworker, nice. and um, has built a little tiny home in the back. Cool. Has his wood shop. Um, Paula has painted murals all over the kitchen. You know, and they have that mm. freedom and ability to do that because they're able to own their property and live there for a long time which I think is something we learned um younger people don't really do nowadays because Mm -hmm. property values are so high Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but you feel kind of stuck when you're living in a city because Mm -hmm. you're paying for a small space Mm -hmm. you're working so much you can barely be in that space Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you forget that like you can have what you want Mm -hmm. you just need to like go into a different space in your mm-hmm. mind and mm-hmm. go somewhere where there's less people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really resonate with what you just said about what Sarah said. I feel like when I lived in Grand Rapids, it was, you know, this kind of mid-size city where, yeah, when you when you don't see what you want, you just make it and you're inspired to make it. And I feel like I moved to Oakland being like, I want to take a break from having to be that person that's like always doing the organizing. And then I got there, I was like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not, I just there's nothing to do here because everybody else is already doing it or something. And I think that's what brought me to the coast and to Point Reyes and to feel like, oh yeah, they're like people, there's just an, just enough people here doing cool stuff that I'm inspired can drive my hour to Oakland to hang out, but I can feel like an organizer here and someone who, you know, brings people to the place. Mm -hmm. Do either of you want to start an artist residency? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's that was... how the project really started. Yeah. yeah. So when we lived together um, for three years, three and a half years in San Francisco, and mm-hmm. I decided to make the move back home, which is in Florida, um, it seemed really sad to not collaborate anymore. 
mm -hmm. and not to work in the same space. So kind of set ourselves up for a project where we can continue to connect and do the things that we love, which is traveling and artist residencies, um, while taking that and making something productive mm -hmm. and a resource for other people. So, we're, yeah, we're researching for the future as well as mm -hmm. for other people. Yeah. What's next for you guys? What's the next step of the project? You, so you just came back from your trip. Mm -hmm. Now what are you going to do? Now I guess we have to work on the second book. <laughs> yeah. We also got a grant from the nice. Sierra Nevada College. And their grant called Lupita's Grant, which is through their MFA interdisciplinary program. And they invited us to go out. It's a low residency program. So they have a residency time in the beginning of August. And they asked us to attend some of it. Nice. So that's our, the next time we'll see each other. In August, it's so soon. And in Lake Tahoe. Nice. Um, but then we'll go back to our homes and work on the book and getting in contact with people. And our first book came out right before we left, so we haven't really had time to get it out there, so. But it exists. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're it's listening, you can definitely go to have-company.com slash podcast and find this episode and there'll be a link there that you can buy it. Yeah. Right? You can get it on the internet, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We cool. also have our website, tinywoodatlas.tumblr.com, has a link as well. Mm -hmm. It'll all be hyperlinked. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on residencies? I what think, do you want to tell the people? I think something that we haven't talked about uh, yet is what Pineywood, what we wanted to do with it is mm -hmm. how I said in the beginning of the podcast, I found it through a database, mm -hmm. which is really great information but it can be kind of hard to sort through and sure. find what you want and then at that same time you can only find what the residencies present on their websites mm -hmm. um, and then Alicia who found it through word of mouth her friends telling her it was paradise and that she had to go mm -hmm. um, talk about your <laughs> yeah but that's you know a little bit less informational it's very mm -hmm. subjective mm -hmm. it's like objective versus subjective sure yeah. So we want to make something that's right, There's like between. the facts and the feelings yeah. right, part of it. Yeah. And you're kind of like trying to bridge those. And that's like, part of visiting the space mm -hmm. is getting a really Get good feel vibe. for it. Yeah. The vibes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Are either of you doing any residencies coming up or have... Oh. Is that kind <laughs> of like you need... It's like finding the balance. You're like so busy documenting them that you're like, wait a second. I need to go on one. We yeah. want to do most... Of all of them yeah, that you yeah. Uh, every time we leave one we're like um we don't want to leave right and we want to actually apply for the residency now. right and there are people too some of the residencies who say um oh come back and do work and come like come back want. anytime you can just yeah. come for a few days and yeah. i really want to do that too there are a few in california yeah this yeah. will take time you yeah. haven't mentioned yet they're really cool and yeah. open-ended um and but it's just getting that many days in a row mm -hmm. and like I have these weird jobs. And I just want so. to apply to an artist residency to do our artist residency project. Right. And <laughs> hoping that that's a good proposal right. for a project right. while I'm there. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're navigating the uh, being able to just, I guess, the balance mm -hmm. between Pinewood Atlas and then mm -hmm. how our lives get kind of busy and we have to support yeah. ourselves because we're not making money off of this at all right some passion project yeah it's a labor of, it took us nine months yeah to come we out to, to come out with our book baby yeah it's our book baby. nine months that's how long it takes <laughs> yeah. it takes 
40 weeks, so <laughs> give or take. <laughs> Something that, um, speaking about artist residencies and just having these spaces, mm-hmm. um, something that helped me while living in Gainesville, Florida, mm-hmm. was to change my mindset of why I was there. Mm-hmm. I told myself that I was at an artist residency yeah. called my home. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's cheap. Sure. But I still had to find a job because I was going to be there for a right. long. It's a long residency. Right. It's a longer one. Yeah. <laughs> and um, but I'm just there to like work yeah. on my project. Yeah. And and so like kind of changing your mindset, you can kind of build your own residency space. Yeah. If you're not able to go to one. Right. And also, I was kind of doing the same thing in Oakland. So we live across the country from each other, right. and we so we Skype for hours. Yeah, and we would have like meetings uh-huh. and just, just yeah. all day hang out on yeah. Skype. Yeah. And then, maybe one of my last questions is also just for people listening, who should do artist residencies? Anyone, <laughs> everyone. Great, anyone, everyone. Okay, easy. And then. What are some of the things, like, what are a few of the easy facts that are, like, important to look for, you feel like? Um, um, I feel like, like, feedback, like, something that really helped me was um, to, to help people find the best one was just to have my website be as incredibly transparent yes. as possible, yeah. which is something I learned from Mary. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, when we talk about Mary, we're talking about Mary Roethlisberger. Um who helped me redesign my artist residency program in Michigan. That was what she did her residency on. (laughs) So it's totally good to do a residency on residencies. Um, But yeah, that was something we really worked on because I feel like people would get to the space and be like, whoa, this is the neighborhood it's in, or this Mm -hmm. is like what it's like back here. And so then the more transparent I got, the more people got there and there was just like less questions and more excitement because they like knew what they were coming into. so yeah, for people, for anybody and everybody that should apply to an artist residency, what do you feel like are some of the things that you recommend people just like look into about a space before they go? Mm-hmm. I think definitely what you need for the kind of art that you do. Mm-hmm. So when we said anyone can do a residency, you know, you, just as long as you're creative. So a lot of residencies are down for cooks or uh, scientists to come mm-hmm. and do something. Mm-hmm. But if you need anything specific, you need to make sure they have that or bring yeah. it yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you might have to end up bringing your own printer, sure. that kind of thing. Sure. Um, and then also um, communication. Just make mm-hmm. sure they're good at communicating because if they're not good at communicating, um, yeah, mm-hmm. they've probably something weird will happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And make sure you know what you want out of it. Ask yourself, do I want to be isolated? Do I want to be surrounded by community? Because mm-hmm. you might realize too late that you wish that you had just gone somewhere where you could be alone and have mm-hmm. space for yourself mm-hmm. or something. So just making sure like exactly what you want out of the residency mm-hmm. space. And then also allow for flexibility because mm-hmm. if you're holding on to an idea of what it's going to be like too tightly, then um, you might not have the experience of someone just like, all right, I'm going to go with the flow and um, be a little bit more flexible. And time as well. Mm-hmm. Some residency is going to be up to a year long. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then other ones are even just a couple of days sure so think about what how you make art and um how much time you need to to feel like you can create something like personally I did a one-month residency and then a two-month residency and it always takes me a week to just 
to settle in and mm-hmm. know what I'm doing um, and kind of get an idea of what I want to make. Mm-hmm. So if your residency is only two weeks long, then you only have a week to make stuff. Mm-hmm. But other people don't have that much time. So, um, or they work or um, have a specific project in mind. So mm-hmm. they might not need as much time. A month could be too long for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there are um, places that allow you to bring kids. Mm. And cool. so some are very family friendly. Uh-huh. Or dogs. Or dog friendly. <laughs> some sure. you can bring your partners. Uh-huh. Um and a lot of them offer work trade or scholarships. What I always do is I, um, well, when I first found out about Paonia, I had no idea what it was, mm-hmm. what Paonia was like. Mm-hmm. I'd never met anyone mm-hmm. who had gone there. So I just did some research on the town mm-hmm. as well. Um, and I looked up blogs from people who had gone to the residency mm-hmm. because then it's like they're not offering information from what the residency wants you to see. Mm-hmm. They have their own personal views. Sure, and so sure. When I really liked what I saw, I decided to go. Cool. And I dropped the little Google Map guy <laughs> into the town uh-huh, uh-huh. so I could walk through it and figure out, oh, is this a weird neighborhood? Is this, cool. you know? And they're very transparent on their website as well. They're like, we're next to a bar. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It might get loud. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Sure. It's really important for residencies to let people know that. Um, and then the last question is, what are you excited about? And that can be anything, a, a book or a blog or a podcast or something that you found along your travels or not, but just anything that's been, that you just want to share mm-hmm. with the people, what's been inspiring you. So we were thinking about this cause we knew you were going to ask the question. <laughs> you damn listeners <laughs> we also asked this question to the facilitators nice. yeah that's true yeah um but everything that we were thinking of just came back to storytelling mm, cool mm-hmm. so and it's because of this project because we have to go to these we go to these places and we get people's stories and the mm-hmm. history of the town and it's kind of addicting to yeah keep listening to the right. stories right and then even in our off time like when we were driving in the car we were listening to a lot of the moths Cool. Podcast. We listen to a ton of podcasts, but we just kept wishing there were more moths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we would try another one. Well, yeah. Ninety nine percent invisible was definitely cool. a podcast we listened to, as well. But we just wanted to keep listening to stories. Nice. Yeah, and then I'm reading a Rebecca Solnit book, um, The Far Away Nearby, which is all about storytelling. Cool. Mm-hmm. And is that I? Right? Love well, I was reading. <laughs> speaking about history, I was reading the Krakauer book um, about Mormonism, cool. um, under the banner of heaven. And so that was really interesting because I wanted a book that was yeah. kind of um, based in the locations we related, were sure. visiting, um, as well as I like reading about different religions. Cool. And so I've been kind of into that. And it nice. like helped inform a lot of things that we were seeing on yeah, our trip. I just mm-hmm. read about this and this is what happened there mm-hmm. in relation to Mormonism, which is a huge yeah. part of Utah history. Yeah. More storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you both so much for sharing your story <laughs> Thanks, Marley. today. And um, we can find you on Instagram at Pineywood Atlas. And on the internet at pineywoodatlas.tumblr.com. Whee! Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks again to Carolina and Alicia for talking to me about the Piney Wood Atlas project. You can find them online at pineywoodatlas.tumblr 
and on Instagram at Atlas. And thanks again to this week's incredible sponsor, Lisa Mattress. If you want to listen to over 50 episodes of this podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes or go to have-company.com slash podcast. I am your host, Marley, and you can follow along with my work at marleygrace.space and on Instagram at softprocess. The last episode is up next with Faith Levine. I'm really excited for everyone to hear it, and thanks again for listening to this episode. Again, you can go to have-company.com slash podcast to access show notes, hyperlinks to things that you may have heard in the episode, and access all of the other episodes. So thanks again. Bye.